together growing in faith, changing communities. My dear brothers and sisters, today I would like us to reflect on the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 from verse 57 to verse 80. Now the time came for Elizabeth to be delivered, and she gave birth to a son. And the neighbors and kinsfolk heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her. They rejoiced with her, and on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have named him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, Not so. It shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your kindred is called by this name. And they made signs to his father, inquiring what he would have him called. And he asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they were all amazed. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosened. And he spoke, blessing God. And fear came all over their neighbors. And all these things were talked about through all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he was in the wilderness till the day of his manifestation to Israel. Today, my dear brothers and sisters, we are celebrating the nativity, the birth of John the Baptist. There are things that I personally feel are quite important and wonderful to reflect upon. The opening lines of verse 57 now the time came for Elizabeth to be delivered and she gave birth to a son. Now you remember that Elizabeth is a woman who had been known to be barren. She was a laughingstock. Everybody knew her condition. But you remember in the beginning of chapter 1 in the Gospel of Luke, that the angel of the Lord goes to Mary and obviously she tells Mary the good news about her own birth, about her own uh, conception, that she will conceive and give birth to a child whom they shall name Jesus. But in the midst of that, the angel says to Mary, your king's woman, Elizabeth, is also pregnant. And the angel says that which is impossible with people is always possible with God. Those words are powerful. That which is impossible with people, with God, it's possible. Nothing is impossible with God. What are you going through? What is it that people know about you? What are the things that have been said about you, against you? And this is what the Lord does. He takes away the shame 
He takes away. What is it that has hurt us? He removes that away from us. And so in verse 57, Elizabeth gives birth to a son. Now, in a biblical language, in its theological, anthropological perception, this is big. Not only does she give birth to a child, she gives birth to a son. Because a son, when his father dies, can stand in court on behalf of his mother. She gives birth not just to the here and now, but she gives birth to her future. She gives birth to her protection. She gives birth to her identity. But isn't that true for all of us who give birth to children? That in my child lies my future. Who I am called to become. They will go to places where I probably will never go to. They will experience things that I probably will not have. They will become me in the future. I will continue to live through them in their memory. The legacy continues in the lives of our children. Hence, we say the youth are the futures or are the leaders of tomorrow. While we help them, accompany them, journey with them now, and we allow them to experience and experiment now, we know that they will take the bait and, and run with it when our feet fail us. How is my relationship with my children? How's my relationship with them? Do I see them as a blessing from God? Do I celebrate them? What legacy do I want to leave behind for them? We take them to good schools. We give them the best education. We want them to know the best. We teach them so well. What spiritual legacy are we leaving behind? What am I doing to encourage them, to introduce them into a faith-filled legacy? That they can have an encounter, a personal relationship with God. That is important. That is crucial. She gives birth to this son. Now there's something also absolutely amazing. They ask what name shall we give the son? Well, they, they somehow propose, well, he shall be known 
or be called Zechariah. But she says, no. His name is not Zechariah. Obviously, Zechariah being his father. But she says his name is John. Now, there are two important things in here. The first one is that she breaks away from tradition. Because it is expected for the child to be named by one of Elizabeth's relatives. So the best and the closest is his father, Zechariah. But she breaks away from the tradition. It's, it shall not happen like that. It shall not be so. But the second most equally important argument, she speaks out. This is a woman of stature. This is a powerful woman. Make no mistake and feel sorry for her. She is powerful. She stands against everybody. Her in-laws, her relatives, her friends, her neighbors. She says no. But why? Because the angel had said his name shall be called John. So she remains faithful to God. Can I do that? Can I remain faithful to God? That I'm willing to bump heads with powerful people. So long as I remain faithful to God, to my vocation, to my purpose in life, to remain faithful. What is it that I'm called to be? And to be a witness to the truth, even if it means it cost my life. No, his name is John. Obviously, they don't accept it. They fight against it. And then they say, well, we're going to disregard you. We're going to talk to your husband. Now, I'm not sure whether John is in the room or not. I'm not sure. But John says, give me a writing tablet. And if he is in the room, it becomes even far more greater. Because he says, I'm willing to support her. Does your spouse, does your partner, does your spouse or your partner support you? Do they stand by you? By your decision? Are they in it with you? Or are you on your own? And he says, his name is John. So he also remains faithful to that which God had asked. It takes a living fish to swim against the stream. I will continue to remain faithful to what God expects and asks of us. But there's something also important. For the first time in a long time, his mouth opens and his tongue is loosened. He's able to speak. 
at the birth of his son, his mouth is open, his tongue is loosened. And I believe that our children, our children are the greatest gift that God has ever given us. When you look at your child for the first time, when you hold your child for the first time, you realize that, my God, I have brought into the world something far more greater than I could ever imagine. For the first time, you probably have a reason to live. You have a purpose. You have something to get up for. I have a child to look after. I have mouths to feed. I have a bright future waiting for my children. May God bless you as you think of your children, as you pray for our children, that God may give us the wisdom to raise them up to be fine young men and young women. May the Virgin Mother of God continue to be with us, to protect, to bless, and to guide us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.